This is the Insurance Buzz, where we discuss selling insurance in today's time, generating time and financial freedom in your agency, and what's trending in our industry. I'm your host, Michael Weaver. In this episode, we'll be discussing the great resignation and the landscape has changed and what people are looking for is drastically different. In this episode, Courtney and I will break down what we are seeing in the hiring process for our sales team and also what we are hearing from insurance agents. With that being said, let's start the show. Hey, welcome to the Insurance Buzz. This is your host, Michael Weaver, and I am so excited about today's guest. Look, I may be biased, but this is by far my favorite guest. We have the CEO of Weaver Sales Academy coming on, Miss Courtney Weaver. How are you? I'm so good. How are you? I'm excited for this one. Oh, this is so good. <laughs> Y'all, we've uh, we've been interviewing mm-hmm. a lot, yep. and so we wanted to come on and just discuss and talk about what we are currently seeing in the recruiting field. Yeah, and I think that that's something that, you know, especially right now, a lot of questions that we're getting are about recruiting, attracting top talent, what that looks like in your insurance agency, or even if you're looking to make a move. So we just kind of wanted to share what we're seeing, um, the approach that we've taken, and we've had a lot of success with it. So we've been doing group interviews for about a month now. And number one, it's incredibly efficient. Incredibly. Highly recommend if you are not currently doing group interviews, I would highly recommend uh, implementing this type of interview strategy in your business. Um, It has been a game changer. It's been very eye-opening to us. And this will be the only way that we interview moving forward. Yeah. So it's incredibly efficient. It's a way to look at talent essentially all over the country. And the position that we're looking at transparently is for um, our sales force. So it's really a sales professional, which I know a lot of us are always looking for. And it's a remote position. And, you know, we've set it up to where the pay is competitive, but pay is actually not the number one thing people are asking for. It's not even in the top, like, Two or three pays kind of towards the bottom, really. Yeah, it's not even it's not even being asked. Yeah, um, it's uh, it, it, and look, guys, I, I know Courtney <clears throat> and I have come on. Uh, we've come on the buzz before. We have talked about, hey, are you attractive? What's your culture looking like? Um, and we're going to talk about different things on today's call. But the I don't know, Courtney. Before I, what, what would you say? is your number one thing you're currently hearing or that you're gathering from talking to all these individuals? People want to be seen and heard, period. They want to know what is the growth track. They want to know what does mentorship look like. They want to know, um, are you going to provide education? Are you going to provide kind of the, the structure of success? Are you going to show them what it looks like to win and then help hold them accountable to winning? And I think that's pretty much the big one is people are feeling underappreciated in what they're doing. Um, and then the second one is what is your core culture? Like who are you as an organization? Who are you as a leader? And what does that look like for them? Because that's really, I mean, yes, pay is important and you want competitive pay and you want to be able to pay people what they're worth and you want them to make a phenomenal living. But most importantly, you know, some things that we can control, even if your margins are tight, are really, what does your training look like? What does your mentorship look like? What does leadership look like? And then 
what does your company believe in? Like, what is its mission and vision and how is it impacting people in the world? I think people want to be a part of, and I've talked about this before, but now doing all of these interviews, I mean, it's right in my face. They want to know that they're appreciated and what they're doing is making an impact not only within the organization, but externally within their customer base as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't reiterate that enough. And the word you used a word, mentorship, mm-hmm. that is literally the single word that continues to be brought up in every single conversation. It doesn't matter if it's the first group interview, the second one-on-one interview, mentorship, mentorship, mentorship. What does what does it look like in, in the business? What does it look like in your workplace? Um, are you actually poor? This is, and this is a question. We, are you actually pouring into your people? Are you actually taking the time and training and developing? Or are you, everyone we're talking to feels like a, they feel like just a number. Mm-hmm. They feel like it's all about the bottom line. Mm-hmm. What can they do for the company? Yet the company is not doing anything for them. Yeah. So I think, and going a step beyond that, it's not, we're not saying micromanage people. Nobody wants to be micromanaged, but they do need a structure in place or at least kind of some guidelines on, you know, what does training and developing and success look like? What does it look like to win? And I think training, especially in an insurance office, kind of gets put to the wayside because we're, we're really focused on numbers and we're focused on production and retention and training needs to be up at the top. And if you don't have And I think that that comes from leadership. I think everything, us as leaders in our own organization, I think we are always responsible first for what happens within our our organization. So if you're an agent, that starts with you. So what are you doing to grow, to develop, to train? Are you seeking mentorship outside of what you currently have? Because that's going to be a direct reflection of what happens within your office. And I will tell you right now, people are coming to us because of the core values that we have as human beings. Like they want to work in our organization and they don't even want to do the job that we're hiring for, but they just want to be a part of the organization. So I think that that's something that you can use to really attract top talent is, you know, what are you doing to pour and invest in yourself daily? What does growth look like to you? So one thing that we're talking about in our interview is the core fiber of who we are as as individuals and, and as our organization is growth. Like we are always focused on growing personally, growing professionally. And we talk about that a lot and that's attractive to people. But I think a step beyond that too is over communicating our core values. So we have a family motto. We have a business motto, happy, healthy, wealthy. Like that's, that's, that is our family motto. That's our business motto from a core value standpoint, integrity results in service. So what that means is when we say that we're going to show up and do something, we show up and do it. We over deliver. We provide an exceptional product because people are paying us for a service. So we want to deliver and over-deliver on the results. And then from a customer experience standpoint, their success is our success. So all of these things kind of tie into what's making us attractive and what can make you attractive as a potential and future employer is, you know, are those laid out? Not like the dusty mission and vision, and I've talked about this before, but are you actually living something that somebody wants to be a part of? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think <clears throat> I think being more specific Mm-hmm. in like those one words, like what defines you? What defines your business? What defines your culture? Mission and vision are cool, but 
really those core values. Yeah. What is the one, two words that, hey, this is who we are. This, this, this defines us. I think is extremely important. And, and I think that you've hit the nail on the head as a, as the CEO, cause you ultimately, you, you helped create that and niche that down. And that's something that is standing out to the folks that we are interviewing. Um, that's how we introduce ourselves as a company. Like no one works for us. We all work together. Like these are our company values. These are our core values. This is our motto. If you're not on board with this, this is a great time to exit. Like in six months from now, if you're still the same person you were when you joined us, it's probably not going to uh, work out like that relationship because you're either getting at getting better or getting worse. Now, this is our company culture, obviously, but it, it is intriguing folks. Um, and, and I think that's what that's the point of today is what's your culture that's going to attract? Like, how can you help develop those that are going to come on and sign on a new opportunity with you? You have to be transparent too. So there's a lot of people out there who say, yeah, we're focused on growth as a company. And yeah, as an office, we're focused on this. And yeah, we're focused on that. But if you're not actually living that, you're what's going to happen is you will make a false promise to somebody on something that you cannot deliver on. They get there, you have this talent, whatever that looks like. And then they're going to quickly see oh, what they said and what's actually happening doesn't match up. And you're just going to be cycling through people. So I think being very transparent on the front end, like if growth is not a core value of your agency and who you are as a person, don't say it. If it's something else, say that. Um, Don't just tell people what they want to hear, because especially in an interview, yes, you have to paint the picture and the vision, especially as the leader of what this opportunity looks like, but don't make false promises to people. Don't get out there and say, you know, especially in the sales profession, yes, it's a wonderful profession. And yes, you can make a ton of money and you can impact a ton of people. And there really essentially is no ceiling. But if you come out here and say this is rainbows and unicorns, this is sales. Like people have to be okay with what that looks like. So I think it's being very transparent in an interview and what you're looking for. And then looking at yourself as a leader of, am I attracting the kind of people I want? And if not, who do I have to become to attract that kind of top talent? Because if it's not pay, if we can't beat somebody on pay, what else can we beat them on? This is just like a sales conversation. What's your unique value proposition? Like, Okay, if they're if this per company is less expensive on their auto and home insurance, what do I provide that's different, that's unique? You have to start looking at that from the exact same lens if you want to find top talent. And I think the underlying issue that people are saying over and over again is, do you actually care about people? Yep. Do you genuinely care? Because it's one thing to say, yeah, I'm going to paint this great opportunity and I'm going to put you in this vehicle and I'm going to give you all this mentorship and I'm going to set you on the path to success and I'm going to let you ride. But if you don't actually care about people, you're going to miss out on a lot. Yeah. And it goes back to those, to the false promise. Like if you don't actually have a a training success plan set up, don't tell people, oh yeah, yeah, we have this amazing training. If you... Yeah. And that, again, that's just, that's, that's the core belief. You, you just can't, it, you can't tell people something and then, cause then they'll realize it. And then you have a turnover issue and all that good stuff. So Courtney, is there anything else that's really, do you think standing out? So obviously the mentorship word mm-hmm. continues to get brought up. We continue to get asked, Hey, what does the training look like? Obviously growth opportunities. Um, anything else that's really standing out to you that we're hearing on a consistent 
basis within the interviews? Yeah. So I think on the front end, especially from the leadership perspective, we share the founder story of like how we came about, why we do what we do. I think that's really important too, to share that, why you do what you do. And I think that's going to tie into, you know, your core values and your cultures and your shared beliefs and your shared mission. Somebody can get on board with, you know, I got into insurance for this reason, or, you know, this happened and it completely changed my life. Because again, people, what I'm seeing is there's a disconnect between people showing up and feeling like they have to perform for the bottom dollar or the top line, whatever that looks like from a monetary standpoint. But the leader is not painting the bridge of this is what you're doing. This is how it's being appreciated. And this is the impact that it's making. But that starts again with the leadership team, whatever that looks like for you of why did you get into this and what Mm -hmm. impact can you make in the world? And then you have to plug that person into when you are a part of this organization, this is how it's going to further impact our mission that we have here in our organization. People have to be able to see that. And then they have to believe you. Like you actually have to show up and live that. But I want to share, if that's okay, just a few questions that we ask in an interview to really start making sure that we're on track with, you know, are we in line with what we believe and are we in line with your skill sets? And because a lot of times people are like, yeah, 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 I'm all about growth. And then we ask them to, okay, tell me what that looks like. So one of the first questions that we ask is, Tell us something that you're doing right now, either personally, professionally to improve or what does growth look like for you right now, personally and professionally? Give me a book, a podcast, something that you're reading, something that you're learning, a way that you're stretching and growing. That's that is the first question that we ask, because Mm -hmm. if we say that growth is the core fiber of who we are, you better believe that that's going to be a question that we're asking in the interview. So that's what we lead off with on the front end. Um, what are the expectations that you have of us as leaders? Yep. I want to make sure that that's in line because I'm not a micromanager. I'm very much looking for a self-starter. I'm very much looking for somebody who's hungry, who's eager to learn, who's coachable. So if they're telling me something that doesn't align with our organization, then I know their expectations of me, I might not be able to provide. And that's okay because that, that has to be a, it's a partnership right? Mm Because they're the ones that are pouring into your consumers. Um, Another thing would, what would make you quit this position? We have to figure out what are their non-negotiables? Can I hold up to that? Or do they have something that, again, is not in line with with who I am in in our organization? So I think those are big things to really start asking. I mean, yeah, we get into, you know, your standard interview questions, but I want to dig deeper and find out, is this a fit? Because especially when it comes to top talent, they're looking for more than just money. They are. Training, mentorship, growth. I mean, we're we're hitting on all of this culture, you know, how they're making an impact. Yes, money matters, but there's so much more to that anymore. Absolutely. And I think by, by asking the right questions and digging deep, it's going to save us, it's going to save you as the business owner a lot of a lot of potential headache because look, you just we just don't hire people to fill seats. Like we hire people and you hire people to really come in and you don't want an employee for six months. You want them for, for 60 years, you know, like how how can we hire the right people and build that foundational culture and organization? And that's really what 
I would also challenge you on, like, just don't hire to fill a seat. Mm -hmm. Hire because it's the right fit. Yeah. And you want somebody, you know, when you're asking them about what growth looks like, you want to put somebody in a position and you want to provide an opportunity that they can grow into and they can continue to go further into your organization. So another thing that we'll ask is, okay, if I were to wave a magic wand and life was exactly how you wanted it to look a year from now, what does that look? And if they tell me, I want to own my own business and I want to be doing all of these things. And I'm like, whoa, I am hiring a part-time service position. <laughs> I I have to look at this and go, am I doing them a disservice by putting them in this seat? Or can I, is this my opportunity as a decent human being to coach them and say, hey, let me help you set up a way to where you can go ahead and, and kind of give you the framework to do your own thing, yep. you know? I'm glad you hit on that because I was just going to also say that, look, as a leader, um, you are going to come across some really good talent sometimes, but just because they're great talent doesn't necessarily mean they're a great fit in your organization. Mm -hmm. Like if their vision and their goals and their dreams don't align with what the the position that you're actually hiring for, you need to be transparent. You need to be very open. Um, because we've come across that. We've come across some amazing, amazing people that want to be part of the organization. They want to do the job. But when you actually are digging deep into what they see themselves one year, three years, five years from now, it would be selfish of us to give mm-hmm. that opportunity because ultimately a year down the road, they're going to have to make a decision. And right. so it's um, that's that's really, really important. So I'm glad you hit on that. I also think day-to-day expectations. I think setting people up for success and really talking about this is what a day looks like, giving people autonomy to make decisions in their day to set them up according to where they can thrive and where they have the most energy and, you know, they can max out productivity, but really setting that up. So if you're in sales and you don't tell somebody there is outbound dialing, you are not setting them up for success. I don't care if you buy 7 million internet leads. At Mm -hmm. some point, you're going to have to pick up the phone and call somebody, either ask for a referral. You're going to have to tell them something about their claim. Like You're going to have to pick up the phone. It's so funny. I feel like sometimes I'm trying to talk people out of a position because, (laughs) look, it's not my job to... Yes, if you find the right fit, then obviously you want culture, sell them on an opportunity, but the opportunity has to be a real opportunity. But look... The more transparent you can be, the better. I mean, anyone that's currently, and this is different for your organization versus ours, but, or maybe it may not be, but I'm telling, I'm telling every single person like, Hey, it's going to be standard to make 150 to 300 calls a day. Like Mm -hmm. cold calling is part of this until you build your sales funnel, you build your referral funnel. And so I think the more transparent you can be versus somebody getting in and then being like, you never said anything about dialing or you never said anything about working all these internet leads or you never. So educating them on what the actual day-to-day looks like, because again, you can have the best talent in the world, but if it's not a good fit, it's not a good fit. You need to take your time on the front end too. I mean, you will lose almost two times their salary if they don't stick around in the first like three to six months. So if you're going to hire somebody, Mm -hmm. you better spend 
however much time you can, you better maximize that because it, again, we're looking at ROI here. If they don't make it past six months or a year, yeah, you may only fill their salary for a little bit, but then think about the long-term deficit that you're going to have to make up because now you're going to have to go back and you're going to have to recruit. You're going to have to retrain. So do your work on the front end to make sure that you're setting expectations, that you do have a culture that aligns with with this human being, that they do have the skill sets to do the job. Do they have the skill sets or do they not? Can you coach that? Can you train that? Are they open for that? Or is it not a good fit? And that's okay. I think so many times where we don't want to let people down, especially if it's friends or family, and you have to set people up for success, period. And that's going to require a little bit of sacrifice on both ends. Clear communications on what the job entails, clear communications on what are non-negotiables for you, what are non-negotiables for them, and then what success looks like and the impact that they have in your organization and externally with their customers. That's it. That's all it is. Yes, pay people fairly. Yes, make sure that there's opportunity for growth. But just have that mutual relationship of this is not a churn and burn kind of situation. where You don't want to constantly be hiring people every six months because then your organization will not grow. It just won't. If you can't retain employees, how are you going to retain customers? Mm. So, mm. Yeah. That may, that may be a good way to to end the buzz day, man. I feel like we got we got buzzed yeah. on the buzz today, Miss Courtney. Thank you, thank you. It was fun. I think that you know a lot of us have almost put ourselves in this hole of why well, just just pay more, just pay more, just pay more. And yes, paying fairly again is important, but there's so much more to that that has nothing to do with pay. That are easy things that we can do as leaders. Yes, they require time. Yes, they require you know, discipline, but in the long run, these are your, like, take care of your people and your people take care of your customers. Yeah. Period. I mean, when, when, when thinking about and talking about how you as a CEO, how you as a leader move the needle, you move the needle by pouring into your people every single day. Like 100%. if you take care of your people, your people take care of your customers. We are 100% firm believers that the number one investment you can make to grow and, and scale a successful business is through great people. Mm-hmm. But to attract great people and to hold on to great people, you have to pour into great people. Yep. Because that's what great people expect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I could get fired up and talk about this all day <laughs> long, but we're, we're going to... We're gonna, we're gonna rock and roll, but Courtney, thank you so much for coming on the buzz thank today. You. Thank so, you. This was so good, and, and um, thank you so much for. Uh, as you know, uh, time is the most valuable and important asset that we all have. So I appreciate you spending the last twenty twenty five minutes with Courtney and I. Go out and make it great. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Insurance Buzz. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, and leave a rating and review. If you want to take your insurance agency to the next level and join our community, simply check out Weaver Sales Academy at www.weaversa.com. Again, that's www.weaversa.com or visit the show notes on our new and current programs we have available exclusively for you. As always, time is the most valuable and important asset that we all have and I appreciate you spending it with me. See you on the next episode.